0: back to Holistic Health Masterclass Podcast. This is Brett Hawes and we are here uh, with another episode. And uh, I, I got to say, I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation with my guest, Trip Hansen. Uh, he is the founder of the Mind Mastery Institute. And uh, I actually met him uh, through a program that we're taking together, and we just kind of hit it off and landed up jumping on the phone a few times and getting to know each other. And I said to him, hey man, why don't you just come on the podcast and uh, let's chat about some of the stuff we've been talking about. And and that's really what this conversation is, is a very uh, casual, open conversation uh, between two people. Um, Just to give you some sort of idea of uh, what's in store for this episode, and obviously you can check out the show notes uh, below as well. Um, but obviously, uh, the title of this episode, "Mind Mastery," is really um, tapping into uh, things like beliefs, right? How do how how are beliefs formed? Why do we find ourselves in the same circumstances and repeating the same patterns over and over and over again? Uh, how can we change our beliefs? How can we change our behavior? How can we install a new Uh, operating system, in a sense, so that we can see different outcomes in the world. And uh, we dive into topics like uh, neuroplasticity, uh, the laws of attraction, affirmations, and uh, Trip really does a great job at explaining things in uh, very simplistic terms, and I think one of the things that you're really going to get out of this episode is uh, maybe some light bulb moments as to why you might be feeling a little bit stuck or you know these repetitive patterns over and over, um, but also some tools and some maybe some a, a different way of thinking about uh, some of these issues. Um, Lastly, I will just say we wrap things up um, towards the end of of the show. Uh, We do talk a little bit about what's been going on in the world and how this is affecting people in terms of our nervous system, in terms of our senses, Uh, you know, what is this information overload and repetitive messaging really doing to us and uh, what does that look like uh, down the road. Um, Overall, uh, I got to tell you that this is from my standpoint anyway, I feel like this is a very uplifting episode um uh, you'll get to love trip as we uh, dive more into this conversation, a very likable person, uh, very easy to talk to. And uh, I truly hope that you come away with something that you can use in your life uh, to enrich and empower yourself to ultimately become the best version of yourself, uh, but also think a little bit more consciously about um, your own behavior, uh, what that does to your family, your children, and uh, what that means for the long road ahead of you. Uh, Anyway, um, this was an awesome episode. I really hope you enjoy it. And uh, as always, if you do enjoy this episode, please consider, um, you know, following us uh, subscribing to the show sharing this with your friends your family and your community and um, before we hop into it uh, just uh, want to also say that um, if you're not on our mailing list please join the mailing list and uh, of course Um, We have a couple of things that are coming up in the near future. Uh, One of those will be a live rendition of my uh, Digestive Health Practitioner Masterclass. Uh, We've had great success with that. It's been a really, really great time. Um, Over 150 practitioners have um, gone through that program now with uh, amazing feedback, which has been very, very humbling for me. Um, But they're actually taking that information now and uh, implementing that into their clinics and improving the live of their clients and patients, which is amazing. So um, just keep an eye on your inbox if you're subscribed or just stay tuned into the podcast. Um, That will be coming up in June. So we still have a little bit of time to go, um, but uh, just keep that on your radar. And um, if you want to join us, uh, yeah. We'll be running that live. Um, Outside of that, uh, also do check out the show notes. Um, Remember that one of our core sponsors for the show is Energy Bits. Uh, They do blue-green algae such as spirulina, chlorella, and they have a combination product of both. And uh, you can get 20% off your order. And that's not just first order. That is all orders. Uh, You are entitled to... Um, 20% off your orders, Uh, you can go to energybits.com and uh, you can use the coupon code masterclass. So thanks again for tuning in and uh, without further delay, please welcome to the show Trip Hansen. Hey Trip, how's it going? Welcome to the show.
1: Hello, Brett. I'm um, happy to be here.
0: Thank you. Yeah, it's awesome. And, you know, we've actually had a couple of conversations um, outside of this. And and I really I, I love your vibe. I love what you're up to. And um, I feel like I have I could just have a good free conversation with you. And that's why I invited you on the show to just basically let's just um, let's just have a chit chat for like an hour or so and uh, see where we land up. Um, I think the first starting point um, I always like to ask people is how how would you explain what you do um to people like in a nutshell like your elevator pitch oh god
1: it's a market it's a marketing (laughs) question Um, (laughs) i never know how to answer this i'll start there but um if i'm if somebody just asked me like out of the blue like you just did what i do it's like a mashup of my three careers which were you know i started off as a professional actor so this I guess we're already at floor number seven, so my elevator speech is way too long. But <laughs> I'm. I'm <laughs> it's a podcast, I, so that's good. That's good. It's a very long, tall building. Um, so my mashup is as a performer, like understanding how to access other parts of ourselves, because that's mm-hmm. what actors have to do. Mm-hmm. And then I transitioned from acting to acupuncture. Um, I, I like to say I went through the A's in the uh, yellow pages first um so with acupuncture that was about creating a sort of a shamanistic experience which again is about transcending our normal waking selves and then as i worked through 15 years of that career it was like i saw patterns that kept occurring in the same people over and over and i thought there's something to this there's something to the way we come at the world that evokes particular responses. And my, uh, my original acting teacher used to say that we live in a, a very thin slice of the pie of what's possible. And all of the characters that we want to be are in that the rest of the pie. So I, I started looking at my acupuncture clients through that lens of you're coming to me with the same neck issue, back issue, ankle issue, over and over and over. Why is that? Why do you keep returning to this? Or why has that become your weak link? So then that sort of led me to my original love. Even from childhood, I was fascinated by the placebo effect. That was the first thing I remember thinking about from the point of view that we may have some power. We just have to learn how to access it. Mm. My aunt, I had an aunt who had a very serious autoimmune disease. I think I might have told you about this yeah, before, yeah, yeah. but scleroderma. And she... um She was told she had six months to live when she was 23, and she outlived the rest of her family. So how does that happen? Is Hmm. that just determination? Hmm. Is it personality? Specific gifts in your personality? Is it just luck of the draw? So I and then I became interested in how our mind can affect, you know, I remember reading early on, I guess it was Norman Cousins who wrote that first book called The Anatomy of an Illness Hmm. about putting on all the comedy shows and laughing himself, quote, unquote, well. So neurochemistry started peeking at, you know, knocking at my subconscious mind or my, and then my conscious mind. And I thought, how does the brain, where, where's the brain in all of this? Do we have any, can we have any effect? So that's my career. <laughs> that's, that's my elevator speech. Ding, we're at the basement.
0: Um and and so, how do you i mean obviously you help people right so how would you yeah. how would you help people um mm-hmm. navigate problems and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. I mean, are you working um just you know going through your website and and speaking with you a little bit um and the reason yeah. why I'm asking this is because you really do have a, a true mishmash of Eastern mm-hmm. philosophies, modern yeah. science et cetera et cetera mm-hmm. um so i'm I'm very curious uh, because i I think I kind of resonate with that, and I do something similar. In a different space yeah, where I can kind of traverse, <laughs> you know, the hard sciences and I can traverse spirituality and shamanism and get into that space as well. Yeah. So um, h- yeah. how, how do you feel like you help people?
1: I think I think one of the, the primary things that I find myself doing, and this is sort of intuitive in a way, is that I find myself taking people to their own thought process. So in other words, rather than me telling you how how to think or how to be or how to change. It's helping you shift into that observer mode and notice your thought patterns and then starting to question, getting curious about how how are your thought patterns? Are they aligned with where you're saying you want to go? Do you find yourself repeating the same self-defeating patterns over and over? What's the conversation that's happening in here when you're doing that? And how do we begin to bring awareness, which is just to me like moving the spotlight over to stage left a little bit. Let's look at how you're operating internally before you take the first action, before you take that first step out the door or get out of bed. What are you telling yourself? So one of the first things, like if I'm meeting somebody for the first time, one of the first things we'll talk about is what would the dream look like? What's the, the vision, the, the, what's your perfect day. And then the next question I ask is, cause they, people can tell me usually it's like, well, I mean, sometimes you have to wind them up a little bit, <laughs> sure. we're reluctant to admit what that vision really is. Right. It's like, well, it sounds like pie in the sky, but what if it's not, what if I could wave a wand, magic happens and you get what you want? What does that look like? And they tell me, and then the question after that is so what's the problem if you know what you want why 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 isn't that happening and that's what they have an easier time telling me huh interesting and yeah it usually becomes like oh well i mean come on you know i can't just wave my wave a wand and earn a million dollars why not so what's in the way tell me what it is that's stopping that and when i and when i get them involved in the argument what i'm actually getting them to do is show me their subconscious programming
0: right right so do you feel um you know having said all of that uh you know cuz well i want to talk about beliefs and i want to talk about all of that stuff but you know what you just described is very um they, they have a term in ayurveda right so in vedic philosophy and vedic medicine yes. where yes. they talk about like from an emotional standpoint anyway you know you distance yourself from the emotions so that you can observe them and then you're not like Mm -hmm. vested in it so much. You Mm -hmm. you know, you create Mm -hmm. a bit of space. Is that the same kind of the same kind of thing with the thought process? Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, very much so. Uh, I think of awareness as the most important tool that I can share with somebody. If I can help somebody move into that observer mode, move into the chair, that you begin to realize like if i can watch something if i can see myself doing something if i can watch myself thinking something then that's not me because i'm watching it i'm over here watching it how it's not me anymore and suddenly there is this realization that oh that's occurring in me but it's not me it's a thing that i'm doing But it's actually doing me. So once we get into the idea that you're having these thoughts on a habitual, automatic treadmill, then we can go like, oh, do I want to be on the treadmill right now? What if I could step off of it? What would happen if I could turn the machine off for a second and step off and get some space? And so, yeah, it's very much that distance, giving ourselves Perspective, right? A, yeah, a and I,
0: I, I guess also slowing slowing down a little bit, right? Because pe- people are of just course. so in it the whole time that you can't see the forest for the trees, at at uh, for the most part, anyway. Um, but you know, something um, that I wanted to ask you if so, you know, if this tape is playing over and over and over again, right? And I think um, for you know, I've I've certainly been there where you've got to break the cycle and you have got to realize, like, holy smokes, why do I constantly you know like for me with with my father for example right so anytime yeah. you know we don't have a good relationship we've we've been apart for many many years he lives on the other side of the world and anytime that conversation comes up like i feel myself getting a certain way right and i've had to work right. really hard on that to sort of exactly. say why do you yeah. feel like that why do you think this like and i've had to sort of like pull myself away from that and go listen, you know, you can't you can't keep thinking the same thing over and over and over again, like it's been how many years and uh, all of this sort of stuff. So, you know, you have to like reprogram yourself in a sense, which which we'll get around to. But where do these, um, where do these these thought patterns and beliefs, where do these originate from? Like, how do how do we get stuck on the tape, I guess, or the treadmill is is what I want is what I'm really getting at here. That's,
1: that's such a great question. And I think I think this is at the root of why i'm doing what i'm doing because like you i i didn't get here because i ascended from heaven with you know knowledge i got here but through the hard knocks of like what the actual do i keep doing the same things for why do i keep getting into the same bad relationship why do i keep almost getting the gig that i think is going to change my life why can't i break through you know all of these questions were what drove me and it was really my um it was the deep dive into neuroscience combined with my, the, the acupuncture world where I began to s- understand the function of the autonomic nervous system. That The two branches of the autonomic nervous system are determining so much of our experience. So I, I know you have an educated audience, so I won't wax on. But fundamentally, you know, if we're in that sympathetic fight or flight branch of our nervous system, which is what stress causes, right? not meant to we're not meant to live in there for 90% of the time that's supposed to be the 10%. But in our culture today we tend to live in there a, a lot more than 10%. We're we spend so much time in the defense mode and you know you know what happens that's not where we make conscious rational decisions that's where we're responding instinctively to things that we feel are threatening us on some level and are here to hurt us and we need to live to fight another day. So that when that system is in place, we're not able to create, we're only able to react. And I think when we're when we're in reaction mode, that's what we see when we're habitually, you know, when when yeah. you're a kid, when you have when you when we arrive, when we splat out here on this planet, brand new, we've only got we have a billion or so brain cells but very few synaptic connections, just the sort of the fundamentals to handle the physiological necessities, right? But in those first five, seven years, they say that we develop a quadrillion synaptic connections. Wow. And that's where we've assembled, we've made the associations like, oh, that eyebrow twitch is not good news. That smile feels good. When they talk like this, I feel, uh. And so we're putting all of these subtle, because we don't have language yet, right? So we're putting all of these nonverbal atmospheric cues together, but we're we're assembling a persona in response to that because our fundamental nervous system knows that we need to belong in this tribe. This is how I'm going to survive. So we wrap ourselves into this group of people And they become our family, literally, but also conscientiously and sort of by choice because we want to survive. So that survival system is there from the very beginning. And then as we move out into the world, things either get affirmed or we have a chance to reconsider. But at the root, these early messages, until we grow up and have to confront, like you were saying, like, why do I keep doing the same thing? Why am I still every time he says that i know i'm gonna do it and i still do it and i can't stop myself it's because those things are programmed and they're happening on autopilot because as you know the brain is a humongous energy suck it's the it's the most energy consumptive organ in our body so it needs to very quickly decide whether something needs to be prioritized and if it's going to be prioritized it needs to go in the subconscious where it doesn't require re-examination every time we sh- every time we get to the doorknob we don't have to go like oh wait how does this work again so the it's like doorknob get through the door that's going to be a we're putting that in the hopper that'll just be autopilot you don't ever have to think about it again tie your shoe no problem we got you covered you can do that and chew gum at the same time
0: yeah, yeah, and so so of course for for most things in our life, I mean, like the automated processing is fantastic, right? I, I always yeah. use the analogy. I mean, can you imagine if I had to think every time I blinked, or had to think <laughs> about beating my heart or breathing or something right? like that? So a lot of the you know the the fact that that we can automate this process and the fact that we have mm-hmm. you know ninety percent of our mind is subconscious is is actually really a good thing, right? Because I think we've become completely Absolutely. overwhelmed just have it We wouldn't def- function. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we, we would we just ease function. up. Yeah. Yeah. Um so yeah. so so you know I think it's interesting um you know what there's so much to unpack there with what you just said but you know something that I'm conscious of personally in my own life is is I have young children right and um, you know, mm-hmm. I can see the difference between uh, my daughter, who's not so young, she's turning 15 this year, but I can see oh. the difference with her and then I can see my, my son is six at time of recording and I have a little girl who's uh, not even two yet. And oh, one boy. thing that I'm like very <laughs> conscious of is, is you know, and I speak to my wife about this a lot, is the imprint. You know, what is that, what is that impression? And it's exactly what you're talking about, right? It's that yeah. impression yeah. and it's really hard you know, I'm not going to lie. It's really yeah. hard because yeah. they push your buttons. Um, obviously, kids uh-huh. are there to reflect, you know, your own um, shortcomings <laughs> or personality or whatever it is, Here, right?
1: brought you a gift. Right.
0: And so, um, but but <laughs> yeah. I'm very conscious cool. of that because, you know, maybe to a fault almost where I, I am concerned in some ways. I'm like, whoa, okay, you know, I need to be really careful about what I say and what I do and how I behave because they're going to be become... That way too, or they're gonna respond in a certain way. And I think for me, anyway, I kind of overthink that sometimes because I look at you know what we've done historically, and um, you know the mm-hmm. fact that we yeah. can adapt and the fact that we can be malleable in that sense um, yeah. is is a good thing, you know. So it's not like if I get frustrated or upset in front of my kid, that's game over. Um, right. I, 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 right. I get that. Right? right? Thankfully, thankfully. Right. But I wanted to um, and the reason why I bring that up is, is, you know, how many of these subconscious beliefs really stem from childhood?
1: I have so much I want to say to you here, Brett. First of all, good on you. That kind of conscientious parenting, I think, is going to change our planet in the long haul over the long haul. These children are going to have a different consciousness about their emotional responses to things, their automatic responses to things that we didn't that we had to sort of figure out along the way. Nobody told me that I was having an automatic response. To
0: right. Something. Right.
1: Nobody said, "Oh honey, I'm sorry. I had an automatic response based on my upbringing." <laughs> and that I took it out on you, but that wasn't appropriate. Nobody said that to me. We were just all fisticuffs and fighting and mm-hmm. you know getting through, right? So I believe that, number one, children get here with their own journey to take, and it's not your journey, and it is not yours to figure out for them. They, let's just get, let's get woo for just a second. I believe they chose you on some level. I believe our souls, I believe in, you know, past lives and future lives and that we're Constantly evolving and energy doesn't change. It just rearranges itself and and continues on So I believe that when we have a family unit we've come in To this life to learn certain lessons to resolve or not Because there are no rules you have free will you don't have to finish this lifetime Hmm. So I believe that we come in and then I think that We're all in agreement that we have to learn stuff together That is just the way we're, that's what planet earth is for. I don't know that anybody gets through it hundred percent easy breezy. Yeah. So what, what I believe we're here to do, what I do believe we're here to do is learn how to manage, make friends with, understand who we are, what our particular journey wants to be like from not what we're supposed to do, but what we're actually here to do. I don't know if you noticed on my website, I, and it seems kind of random to people at first, but I have, a, I have a, one of these assessments that I created, but it's based on the five elements of Chinese medicine. And the reason I did this is because I wanted to start a conversation about, are you being who you're here to be? Are you being who you were told you were supposed to be? And Uh so going through this assessment, what part of it resonates for you? Does it resonate with the part of you that's like, yeah, that's I love that. And that's what I love doing. And that's who I am. Or it's like, well, no, yeah, that makes sense. That's who I think I'm supposed to be. That's what I guess, you know, my teacher told me I was good at. But do you love it?
2: Oh, yeah.
1: So then it's like, well, let's get into that conversation. So it's actually a conversation starter about your soul, really. Your soul is here to express something very unique, I believe. And it's yours, and it was written into you from the moment you were conceived. It's not something you have to go figure out. You don't need to go find your purpose. It's built in. But we have so much that's kind of overriding that that it's a, it can take a long time to get to.
0: Yeah, you know, it um, reminds me of a of a beautiful story I learned through the indigenous people here in North America. Um, They they always spoke about the jewel inside of you, right? And uh, you have this. Everyone is born with this wonderful jewel, but uh, it's covered with rock and dirt, and 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 it's all crusted over. And uh, as you go through life, you chip away. At the at the rock and the dirt, and you kind of see a little glimpse. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, <laughs> yeah. and you see it, yeah. you see a little glimpse of the jewel, right? It starts shining, and then as you chip away a little bit more, and you keep chipping away, eventually you see that jewel, and that's really what I feel. Anyway, I, I feel it's a mm. great analogy for the spiritual journey, right? You, you know, as much yeah. as we can um, improve ourselves mentally, emotionally, um, physically, yeah, really. You know, I, I always it always reminds me of that spiritual journey and really finding your your true purpose um, in life whatever that might be. Um, so And
1: letting it, and then letting it guide you. Like, I think so many times I with clients of mine, I see that they're like, yeah, but I'm not sure what my purpose is. I don't know what my dharma really is. And it's like, that's how to stay disconnected from it. You can't like grab at your dharma. You can't grab at your purpose. You have to let it come to you, and you have to let it come through you in order to really let it fly, it's going to lead you. And we we kind of feel this like I have to go get it. I have to figure it out, which is, again, looping back to what we were talking about earlier. That to me is that that's that's your you're in the fight or flight relationship to your purpose. <laughs> it's like I got to figure it out. And that that response tells me that you're it, it represents some sort of threat or danger to you.
0: Yeah, well, I, th- I think there's also this innate, um, especially here in the Western world. You know, there's this sort of—I um, think it's like a product of society. Uh, I'm not sure, but it's yes. like you got to go out there and do it right and assert your will and get after it and hustle <laughs> and whatever else. And yeah. I think when uh, you get into the into the spiritual realms um, and personal development realms, a lot of it, at least from my personal experience, has actually been surrendering and and letting go and and providing that space to just. I I guess, an empty vessel, if you will, um, for whatever Mm -hmm. it is to to move through you, you know. Um,
1: And that's such an anti-ego way to be. And our Western culture is so ego-driven. So, like, you need to accomplish. You need to go make this happen. You, you, you. And if you don't, you're failing. And if you're not keeping up with that when you haven't done as much as you should. So, listen to my language. It's have to, need to, should always never and it's this very universal global sort of egocentric and i'm ultimately i think what pulls me what calls me is that i'm wanting us to be more communal in our evolution that i want to support you brett because i love who you are and what you're representing in this world and how you speak of it in your language and it moves me i'm not gonna i don't want to compete with you i want you to be brett so i can go over here and be trip and do what trip does in his way
0: yeah yeah. You know what I mean? I to- I totally know what you mean um and y- yeah I I think uh, you know we could we could definitely um dig into that a lot more but I I want to bring <laughs> yeah. us back on point um a, a little bit because uh, I don't know what it is but I'm still this whole idea of of childhood you know and yeah, and yeah. these childhood experiences being transposed onto adulthood mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. Uh, I-, I mean in your work that you do do you feel like most people are just completely unaware that maybe their their uh the way that they conduct themselves, their belief patterns, their thought patterns, whatever that is, do you feel like they're just completely unaware that they might actually be acting through the the at the level of a five year old or a ten year old or whenever these experiences happen to us, and now we're just playing these different tapes over and over and over again yeah. on a completely subconscious or unconscious level i should say
1: well, and just so. In the world of neuroscience, unconscious and subconscious are often interchanged okay. because that's okay. they are they are similar. Um, yeah, the the short answer is yes to everything you just said. Are are people unaware when they come to me? What I when they come to me, they're tending to notice certain current patterns. They're they're kind of caught onto like, yep, this is what I did the last time I was trying to make my dream and I quit. And, you know, I, I have this pattern of quitting. I don't ever I don't quite finish or I get overwhelmed, and I give up or I get lost in distraction. So they're aware of some current patterns. Oftentimes, the first aha is when I say, tell me about this and tell me about what happened then. And tell me about when you were where did you go to school? And how did you where'd you grow up? And, tell me about your family. And suddenly, there'll be like a oh my God, I just said that same sentence to you that I said over here. And that's one of the things that I, in my work to keep it, I I, I don't want to direct people. I'm not trying to direct you to how you need to be. I don't know. You're on your path. So what I want to do is bring your awareness to patterns, your awareness to repetition that isn't serving you. And then the potential for creation of something that you haven't yet experienced. So yes, people come to me totally unaware that it not, I can't even say that, that's not fair. Aware maybe even that there are patterns or that, oh yeah, that's, I'm, I'm like my mom that way. I'll hear that sometimes like, oh yeah, that's just like my dad. I find myself as I get older, I'm just like my parents, you know, I'll hear some of that. And that's the beginning of saying, Let's talk about that, you know, because if you can start to detach yourself in that same observer kind of way, detach yourself from the story, like, is this the truth or is this just something you've learned and you've been acting from as if that's who you are, quote unquote. But what if that's not who you are? It's just a behavior that you learned at a certain time in your life.
0: Right. Well, and, you know, that, that you, you bring up something that I, I feel is so important for people because, you know, you hear about um, genetics, right? So genetic predispositions. And, of course, genetics are huge, right? So we, you know, I, I yeah. look a lot like my parents because of genetics. And I have certain characteristics and mannerisms and hair color right. and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> right. Um, right. But But, you know, I find in my world anyway, a lot of people will say, oh, you know uh, my my mom and my grandmother both had diabetes right so therefore i'm more i'm likely to get diabetes and it's like well hang on a second do you actually have the genetic markers for diabetes or did you just happen to learn how to cook and how to live um, from <laughs> uh-huh. your grandmother who taught your mother who now taught you and you just happen to be eating that type of diet which is maybe wrong for your for your genetics and therefore it's actually the epigenetics the environment Correct that is now kind of teeing you up to to develop that but if you changed your environment you would be less likely or maybe not even get diabetes at all and so the reason yeah. why i bring that up is yeah. is you know how That's many good. of our um, how much does epigenetics and our environment keep us stuck in these mm-hmm. places right and, and and i'll just i'll just kind of preface this a little bit you know i left home when i was very young and so I was I just turned 18, I went to the military and that was it and I never really lived at home again. Um very very brief periods for a month or two here and there and then traveled all over the show and uh happened to find myself in Canada. And what I what I when I look back on that, um I always think, you know, I I had a chance to reinvent myself to and unconsciously I was completely unaware of it. I wasn't attempting to reinvent myself or anything like that, but it was it was like, oh, I don't have the old friends that I went to school with. I don't have right. the parents. I don't have the familiar road that I've been driving on for 20 years. None of these things right. are conditioning me. I'm just in a completely different environment, and I get to be whoever I want. And so I, you know, I, I wonder how many people oh. are stuck in their current patterns because of the environment that they're in and because of people telling them, you know, this is who you are. This is what right. you're supposed to be. This is what we 100%. do, you know. Yeah,
1: that's how you are. Um, Haven't you ever, has anybody ever said to you in a relationship like, oh, you know how you get, you Mm. always get this way.
0: Mm.
1: Oh, I do. Is that the truth? Probably not. It's something that irritates you (laughs) or you've noticed. And so you'd like to point that out to me. But people telling us that that's who we are is one of the, that's from the get go. Yeah, That's what happens when you don't have any opinions yet. And you know what, Brett, we're not so dissimilar. I left home when I was 17. I grew up in a pretty dysfunctional household and learned early on that I was going to make my own opportunities. And and I did. I was the I was the renegade in my tribe. And uh, I remember years This is years ago now, but you bringing this up kind of reminded me there's a guy named John Bradshaw who wrote a book called Homecoming. And in that book, he talked about every piece of the mobile is the family every everybody in a family is a different part of the mobile, and if one part of the mobile moves, it kind of starts rocking the whole mobile and I always felt like I had to be that guy like I've got to get this organization to start thinking differently
2: mm.
1: interesting right yeah, I'm yeah. only just putting this together live and in person right here right <laughs> now that I think I'm now fulfilling something that I started a long time ago by being the person in my tribe who was like, yeah, I'm not going to do things that way. No, I'm not going to go to that organized religion thing with you. No, I'm not going to, I don't want to do that. I'm going to go over here and I'm actually going to play music and I'm going to be this other kind of person. I'm going to be a, I don't know what, I'm going to go out on my own. So I think that's kind of a gift for some of us in a way, right? That we were had the wherewithal maybe that's part of our genetics maybe that's the epigenetics of an environment that didn't feel so good that we're like what i have that's genetic or at least in my persona is that i'm driven to go over there but what it's doing is breaking patterns and it's breaking them early enough that um for instance my you know i have family members who lived in have lived in the same house for the last 47 years and what's interesting is that I see some of them. They're older than me, and they're um, they're following the family lineage of disease patterns and degenerative situations, wow. degeneration. Wow. Yeah,
0: You know, and and, uh, without banging on about it, I mean, there's just uh, so much research now on epigenetics, you know, whether you want to talk about diet or environment, whether you're in the city, the country, the people you surround yourself with, et cetera, et cetera. Um, So I I don't think I want to belabor that point too much. Um, I wanted to shift gears a little bit because, you know, with all of this said— um you know obviously i want to work our way into how do we start breaking some of these patterns and and i think that one of the ways that that a lot of people believe anyway in this world, um, certainly in my space, and I'm sure more so in your space, is this whole idea, you know, you watch movies uh, like The Secret, you know, for example, and <laughs> it's just the laws of attraction. And if I just put affirmations all over the house and tell myself, you know, you, you're gonna, you're losing weight, you're losing weight, you're losing weight. And if you just read them over and over, that somehow your body's just magically going to lose weight. Um, and of course, you can apply the same principle to any other thing that you're trying to change. So um, yeah. what, are, what are your thoughts on the laws of attraction? traction, um, given the field that you're in.
1: Woefully incomplete.
0: (laughs) I think I like that actually Yeah, incomplete is is good because we
1: can't throw the whole thing out. You know, there's no because I think I think I mean, quantum physics has shown us that like frequencies find each other. That's what happens when you change your TV channel and it picks up the other frequency. And suddenly we've gone from CNN to HGTV like that's how it works. There are, so tuning into frequencies is a real thing. Um, however, at, let's, let, I want to go back to your affirmations, because that's such a, a good one to me, because that is what we're taught, like, put, you know, put, I am rich, I am wealthy, I am wealthy beyond my any imagining, I have a million dollars in the bank, I I've re, read Think and Grow Rich 25 times, so why aren't you rich? Because that's the 10%. That's the 10% of our conscious mind that is being logical and linear and has a plan for how we're going to go about changing. But it doesn't touch the primitive brain, the critter brain that does not use language as its first MO. It uses emotion and sensation and safety and familiarity as its criteria so if if you want to be rich and you've never been rich before to your subconscious unconscious mind that critter brain that's actually dangerous because what you're telling me is you want me to be something i've never been how do i know i'm going to survive that wow what am i (laughs) i can't do that i can't we're not going to and so what that part of of your brain will do is it will come out i always say it'll drag you back to the cave it's going to go like come over here and sit with me. Let's have bonbons and watch Netflix because that's that'll feel good. Wow. So it, stops, it literally stops you from moving ahead because change is dangerous to that part of the brain. So what we are actually doing in the work that I do is we're connecting the conscious choice part, the one that creates a plan and says, what if I could have a million dollars? That would be interesting. I would like to make a lot more money. I wonder if I could do it. And then we through a process. The, the other thing I want to say is that I, I'm very strategic. I sound like a woo nutty professor over here when I talk about this stuff, but, I have ve- but I'm also very process and strategy oriented when it comes to the work. So what I've done is I've sort of, that's why I talk about marrying these worlds of mine, which is like if I have a rehearsal process to become a different character in a play as an actor, I have a very specific process that I go through, and i've applied a lot of these uh, techniques to what I call memorizing a future, creating a, a life in a future that doesn't exist yet because that's what quantum physics tells us we humans are specifically built to be able to do no other creature on the planet can imagine a future that hasn't happened yet
0: because they're they're essentially living in the moments. They are so present, yeah, full on, yeah, yeah. which
1: is lovely, which is why animals are so attractive to us because we're like, oh, they just love you and they're just present to you, or they're just going to eat you and they don't care. (laughs) Where we're we're like, "Mm, I wonder if I should beat him up or if I should try and make friends with him or, right? Yeah, yeah. So we go through this, but we can also see a future, right? So this idea of getting these three parts of our brain, this linear logical. Most recent development, which is the cortex, the neocortex, the wrinkly pink part around the outside, the middle brain is the limbic system where we sort of, it's the emotional brain, but it's also how we sort of memorize a new experience. Because let's say we experience something new, we're in a circumstance, we've never, what happens is that the thought that we have about it transfers to the middle brain, which immediately creates that peptide, that neurochemical cascade and we have a sensation in our body and then our body then it's easier to remember something because we have had an experience of it. You remember the first time somebody hit you or somebody surprised you in a way and you were like, what was that? You remember that moment because you had a a chemical cascade, which happens this nanosecond after. And then the limbic, uh, the critter brain is the one that becomes the final This is the one that actually makes the decisions, the critter brain. So we have to ultimately convince that critter brain that this new reality is safe and familiar and how we do that. And this is where affirmations are not wrong, as long as you understand what your goal with an affirmation is. And that is to create the vision so frequently and so... um, Experientially that this critter brain begins to recognize it as having happened Because that's the other thing that science has shown us is that our brain doesn't know the difference between something that we've experienced and something that we have deeply imagined fully Experientially imagined. and that's why when people say like oh, yeah, I'm visualizing my dream. I'm visualizing my dream Are you in the dream? Are you in it? Are you there in it? Can you feel it? Can you tell me what's happening? And this is actually an exercise I do. Like, what are you smelling? Coffee brewing, flowers, salt air. What are you smelling right now? What are you seeing? Who's there? Who's with you? What, where are your feet? What are you wearing? Look down and tell me your clothes. what clothes are.
2: Yeah, so yeah. that
1: you have to take it on like a character. And this is where my acting experience has been very helpful because this is how you act. You have to become a different human being, right? I think it was Joe Dispenza. His book about breaking the habit of being yourself. You have to be willing to let go of your familiarity with everything that you are, if you want to become a new person. And that's what you did at seventeen because you were like, "Screw it! I'm I'm going to go. I'm, going. I'm, I'm yeah. out. Yeah, I'm going to go do this whole other thing." And I'm sure there were times in that that were really uncomfortable for you.
0: You know, I like not not to um you know i I don't want to get into myself on the podcast here um, but I've done oh, so many different on, things I, I've done so many different things in life right from <laughs> mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. you know sound engineering and music to you know yeah. that that whole side of things um performing and getting out there and and that's a whole different uh, different thing altogether um teaching clinic you know uh, sport yeah. like yeah. all that sort of stuff yeah. but um you know i I, I get the uncomfortable part. Like I, I totally get that and boy, it's not easy, right? It's not easy no. feeling uncomfortable. You know, I, I, I teaching is a great example for me. So I remember the first time, right, I got hired as a teacher at the school that I currently teach at and they came to me. I was I didn't I didn't even I didn't apply for anything, didn't know there was anything going. No and right. you know, and uh they they just said, Well, you know, you you're a naturally gifted teacher it looks like and I was like, well, "How do you know? Like, I haven't even taught." <laughs> they were like, "Well, we want you to teach us. There you go. Here's the curriculum, and off you go. No, no, no training, no coaching, no nothing. Right? It's like right, here's the curriculum. Right. You know what you're talking right. about because you obviously have uh, you've studied this and whatever else." I was very right. new in my field, and they just said, "Go for it," you know. And I was like, "Well, okay." And boy, it was uncomfortable. I remember like the first time I got up there, and and not just the first time. Like I would say for the first few months. It Absolutely. was yeah you know the, the 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 duck swimming right where the feet are just going yeah. crazy and it looks like it's going yeah that was me and I just felt mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God they're gonna ask me questions I'm not gonna know the answer blah, blah, blah. and it just went on yeah. and now I look at that and yeah. it's like yeah. stepping outside of the comfort zone and stepping into that what it what it uh, allowed me to do was to build that side of myself And now, you know, after I don't know how many years now, I think I'm going on 15, 14, 15 years of teaching. um, Now it's just, you know, I I have no problem standing up and getting in front of an audience and speaking, you know, it comes very naturally to me now. And I think that the teaching has actually helped with the podcast, because I can just have a conversation, you know, and so it's it's Uh, interesting, but I never ever expected it to go there. I just sort of said, Oh, well, there's an opportunity, explore the opportunity. And lo and behold, here we are you know um, and
1: i think you know to 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 put that in the sort of this personal development neuroscience place you were a person who availed themselves of new opportunities all the time hmm. and so for you to show up and somebody to go like here you do it i we think you're going to be great even though you were like wait what i don't i'm yeah. not a teacher <laughs> i don't have not trained." <laughs> but you hadn't trained for any of the things that you had changed yourself into you just did them and so you what you were carrying with you was this imprint of I'm a player, I just show up and I make it work. Yeah. So it it doesn't surprise me that you got the offer. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's no, where I, synchronicity I... kind of happens like yeah. when you've created a nervous system that's used to change and is ready for the next thing and loves to explore the new then that's what ha- that's what you get. Mm. You ref- our, our nervous systems create a, like a reflective experience. Hmm. So that life out there isn't just happening by chance, it's happening in response to um, a psyche and a nervous system that has this imprint, this signature, and then it goes out and finds things that reflect that signature. So if you wanna have a different life, you've gotta create a new signature. You have to install, I'm gonna get to this because this is interesting, you have to install a new signature by Okay, you can you can have your affirmations if you want, but you also have to go much more deeply into using your the power of thought to design the life that from right where you are right now, I'm not saying it will be the perfect one forever and ever. Amen. But I am saying it will be the perfect one from this place where you're sitting right now. So if from here today, Britt, you said to me, I want my podcast to Uh, generate, I don't know how many followers you have, but if you wanted it to generate another hundred thousand followers, Mm. I'd say, good. So what's the problem? Right. And we would start to dig out where your brain, your automatic thinking is going like, well, I, you know, I don't really want to get into the trouble of creating all that marketing. I don't know. I, you know, I'll just, uh, but, but you would tell me. Yeah. And I, and so what we would do then is if that was really the goal, this, this, external linear conscious goal from the from the new part of the brain the cortex we would ex- we would invite you to have an experience of that what would that create for you what do you imagine that life meaning feeling like what would it mean about you what would it mean about your business what can you see happening as a result of that and then we begin to repeat this vision and we basically again i said it before we create a safe container for that critter brain to go like oh oh yeah no i think we did this yesterday i am starting to recognize this and your your subconscious mind starts going like they keep repeating this frequency recency intensity if you keep and consistency if you keep doing those things over and over that same vision frequently intensely Uh, consistently, and recently, your brain starts going like, oh, yeah, we just saw this. Oh, it's safe. Yeah, this is good. We know this. And suddenly, that signature can then start to go like, hey, universe, quantum soup, let's bring in the things that match this, because it's only going to bring in, you know, the reticular activating system, only it has to sort out what we've decided is primary, I want a red car. So, oh, my God, there are red cars everywhere. Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah. You so know, that, I, that, I I, love that. I love hearing that because I think it's so important for people, you know, and ju- just to kind of like distill a lot of that. We really have different options, right? We have we have choice. Mm-hmm. And yep. I think for a lot of us, because of that subconscious um, conditioning and programming and what have you mm-hmm. through the through course of our life, we tend to keep playing that tape over, right? So the uh, the frequency, yeah. the consistency, the recency, the repetition, all Intense, that sort of stuff, and, we, yep. and it mm-hmm. kind of keeps us stuck there, right? But what we mm-hmm. can do is we can actually, um, and this is something I want to, I really want to drill, uh, drill home here is um, everything that you've just said also needs to be followed by action, right? And that's why affirmations don't work for a lot of people. Um, it's also why mindfulness is, you know, I, 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 can, I like mindfulness. I like the concept of mindfulness, but mm-hmm. I can mindfully eat my McDonald's burger and, sure and through the laws of attraction tell myself that I'm eating a kale salad <laughs> and hopefully my body will, um, <laughs> you know, respond in the I, right way. Um,
1: you have to believe it for it to happen. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you would have to be pretty good hypnosis, hypnotist to make that uh, leap. Right. But, yes. but, but you know what but I'm saying, though, true. right? Yeah. yeah no, so, you're exactly right. Um, and and it, that's that's a delusion. This is a delusion, a marketing delusion of this law of attraction affirmation world. And bless them. I know they're up to good things. They mm-hmm. mean to create good changes in the world. But it's not the whole picture. Yeah. What you just said is that it, we have to be in action when I said earlier that this, this chemical cascade that happens is so that your body has an experience so that it can get memorized physiologically, not just here. It's not just happening in your head. And so sometimes, you know, my, my website is called the Mind Mastery Institute. And every now and again, I wish I'd called it something like the Body Mind Mastery Institute, because it has to be, but that's too many letters. It has to be, a, a, you know, a full body experience. And one of the things that I have my clients do is a walking meditation. Now, let me say this about mindfulness, because this is what I think is important about mindfulness, is that our brains are so busy that we can't focus. So what I do, the, the process that I'm, I sort of encourage in my work is learning how to focus the flashlight for more than two seconds at a time. Because this takes spending time in the um, in the imagination, but also in the installation of these new neural networks that are going to represent. Because this is this is a physiological change. This isn't a this isn't ooh woo. We're going to make a new life. No, what happens is where we focus, neural networks are formed. Synapses occur that represent the vision. If we don't visit it again, they dissolve. It's like if you read a book, and you're like, I hate this book, they go, they leave, you forget, yeah. you're not gonna, it's gone. But if you repeat, and science says 67 days, so you were talking about three months of
0: teaching, yeah, okay, okay, it
1: takes 67 days to form a new automation. And I say, I like to say a minimum of 67. Because if something's really hard, and you're really having a hard time accepting that you could have that thing. It might take a year. It might take 365 days. But if you continue to do it, at some point you will tip you will tip over the top of the hill and you'll start rolling downhill with it. But it takes commitment to the process of creation. And one of the things that I have people do in my mindfulness work, is i have them do walking meditations i want you know and i take it's a, a recording that i've created but i walk them through the through the world go out into the world as this new being nobody's gonna know but you but you are this being out in the world this is an acting exercise you know my acting teacher sandy shuren back in new york city used to say go out into the sidewalk as the character go to go get a haircut as the character and you would and you'd be like yeah, that's interesting. I have a different thought process from this point of view. The way I'm looking at life from this character's point of view. So I'm using this in the same way. Like you, be the new version of you with this new signature, and take yourself out into the world. So that's one of the things that's really critical to do. And then the one of the final things that I do in this, in the course that I've created is that we we do a we literally break down your. I call it the really. Um, your really big goal, because I like saying RBG Mm -hmm. for Ruth Bader Ginsburg. (laughs) So I call it the RBG in honor of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who was somebody who became way more than she ever thought she would be. So we create one really big goal that you're sort of working on through this process. And what I do is I teach you to break it down into the most minimum viable actions that you can take. And we all, we do three a day, three a day. From this list, you've created a list over a forty-eight hour period of probably dozens, if not hundreds, of things that you could do to move towards that goal. And today you're gonna do three more. And tomorrow you're gonna do three more. And you're gonna do three more. And when you see those check marks happening, what happens in your brain? Because your brain needs to win. We have to win. That's the other thing with affirmations when you're going, I'm I'm a I'm 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 a muscly (laughs) I'm a muscly Chippendale dancer. I'm a muscly Chippendale dancer. I'm a muscle, you know, you're not seeing the winds. It's not, it's like, no, you're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. Your brain has to believe it. And when you start seeing check marks, when you start seeing these little winds that are signaling to you that something's happening in the ripples of the universe, that you're starting to move molecules around a scaffolding of this idea of something that you want to create, it's going to happen as long as you continue the practice. And so my work, I I was in five Broadway shows, and I know what it takes from day one of a rehearsal process to get to opening night, and how arduous and how exhausting and how challenging that can be. But I, I encourage people to be in that kind of a physical process for the three months that we are working together. So that they have that you're developing a process, a strategy and a process for creation. And it it takes all of that to do it.
0: Yeah. And I I love that. You know, I really I find that so, um, so empowering, right? Because I feel, you know, so many people are just just trapped. Um, just trapped and stuck yeah. with limiting beliefs and limiting patterns and stuff I mean you only have to go yeah. to the gym right I mean 99% <laughs> of people at the gym like they're there every day they don't change nothing happens you know nothing happens. Um, and it's just because what they're just that? doing the right. thing you know they're just going there yeah. and it's like oh well I did it today um, But right. and, and you know on that note um, I'll, I'll just say uh, over the last few months like I've, I've just gone through my own personal um, evolution and transformation it's been quite a, quite a time I gotta tell you um, mm. and one of the things, you know, with pandemic and everything that's been going on, the gyms are being closed and they're being open and I'm just not the kind of person that can work out at home. Like it just does not work for me. I don't know what it is. My wife, totally different story. Wake up at seven o'clock in the morning, exercise for half an hour, boom, done and off with her day. And I'm like, I just can't do it. I have to go to the gym. So um, beginning of the pandemic, I was doing really good. And then the gyms closed down and I was still working out at home for a little bit. And then it all went to hell and stress levels yeah. went up and everything kind of started mm-hmm. unraveling. And uh, now, you know, I went back to the gym because uh, they opened up and everything kind of, um, you know, everything's changed. And this time I approached it completely differently. And I said, you know, I, I don't want to just go to the gym like that's not what I'm doing here. I actually want to have a plan. And I want to have a plan that's made specifically for me. I want a personalized yeah. plan. And so I actually did a whole functional movement analysis, like taking into account all the injuries and the way that your body moves and all this sort of stuff. And now actually having other people in the fold to sort of say, okay, great, so these are the challenges that you have. This is, you know, a range of motion issues with your shoulder. You know, your hips oh look gosh. a little tight, like you can't bend properly, blah, blah, blah. So what we're going to do is we're going to do restorative um, exercises first, and then once we've got more mobility and strength back, and then we can start packing on weight. And I feel like you, you know, um, <laughs> I'm taking notes. <laughs> mental notes. And and <laughs> what I've noticed in the month and a half or so is I've noticed significant changes. Just not just in the way that I look and and it's in the way that my body's moving. And what's interesting, you know, I know we're talking about the brain and the mind, but but I feel it's exactly the same way, right? Like if you don't have an actual plan and someone to say, okay, these are the issues that you really need to work on. And these are the issues you don't really need to work on all that much. You, you know, if you're, if you, know, if, if you yeah. got biceps like Arnold Schwarzenegger, cool, you don't need to work your biceps so much anymore, right? Maybe you need right. to focus on right. something else. Um, right. So, uh,
1: well, and it's that thing too, where it's so good. This is so good because I love the fact that you're talking about restorative and range of motion and this sort of subtle shifting that starts happening, not in like, oh, I'm suddenly Mr. Mus- Mr. Muscle Man, but. My body is moving more freely mm-hmm. that's this that's what I'm after with people. I'm after that agency of choosing that agency to say, you know we know that um, New Year's resolutions don't work yep. we know that so and what you're talking about like people fall back into their you know they're just in their limiting beliefs. so if they don't have a plan to get them past, There's a sort of a 21 day window, if I must be specific, where the old neural synapse is still fully present and still fully active. You're limiting old, I I don't even want to like to call it limiting, I just like to call it your old signature. Who you've been is fully in place. Now, let's say for the first 21 days you've really done your homework and now you're building this new neural synapse. Right now, they're just equal. One is not going to win. Well, actually one will win the one that's been there the longest is going to re- is, is has more resilience Yeah, but after 21 days if you continue with the new one It will start to take over and if you You know people always say like how do you get rid of old neural synapses? I said you stop paying attention to them Love that love that you just look away. It's like when your brain goes Yeah, but I want Cheetos you go like uh-huh and then you go back to I love my kale. So I'm going to have my kale salad and it's going to be delicious and I'm going to enjoy it. And I'm going to commit myself to eating and creating these changes in my life.
0: Yeah. Well, it's almost like, um, you know, we, we have to, in a sense, give certain things up, right. And not, not, not necessarily in a bad way, you know, something you said earlier, and and I want to sort of segue into this because I feel like it's very important in today's, Mm. the time that we're in right now, you know, you said something earlier about, um, uh, to the effect of slowing down or, or making space, right? Because paying attention, I think, was that, right? So paying attention to something longer than two seconds, okay? Yeah. Now, um, in today's world, you know, we we literally have information overload. It is just coming at us left, right, and center, 24 hours a day, every single mm-hmm. second. And um, what what I experienced anyway, you know, was... I sort of looked at everything and I was like, okay, so I've got this device here. And this device just goes ding, 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 ding. And I turn off all the notifications, but still, you know, and then you've got it's social media, and then you get sucked into that. And so you just get sucked into all of this stuff. And um, what what I've experienced anyway is, you know, I've gone through a, a massive cleansing process in a sense over the last couple of years where I've, even before that, where I just had to say, hey, you know what, I'm, I'm doing this, this contract work over here, for example. I love it, yeah. but I just don't have the bandwidth. You know, I, I gotta cut that out. Right. I gotta cut this out, I gotta cut this out so that I can really laser focus. And the last piece of the puzzle for me, and I'm still working at it, I have not perfected this at all, is controlling how much information comes in through my senses because boy it was scrambling me and causing me such severe stress and anxiety and you know you're just go on twitter anyone listening to this just go on twitter for 10 minutes if you want to get your heart rate up um, (laughs) and be be angry at the world you know and and so i just wonder to myself um with the state of the world and everything that's going on you know what is this really doing um, to, to people's nervous system? And what is it doing to our oh. minds, you know, and and bef- before we get into that, I just want to sort of wrap up that segment where, um, you know, I guess the message we're trying to get across here is for people to slow down, cut things out that are not serving them. And that's really the way that you're going to establish new patterns of behavior and thinking, because you can't do it Absolutely. when you're just bombarded with all of this stuff, right? Um,
1: and it's so it's, I think it's If I may add to that, I just want to say, I think it's easier to cut out stuff that is external, you know, tricky when it's our behavior, because we think that our thoughts are us. We think, oh, this, I'm thinking this thought. So that's my thought. And that's me. And that's who I am. And that's what I think. And this idea of awareness and slowing, this is the mindfulness piece for me, like just slowing down long enough to say, I can watch my thoughts, so therefore I am not my thoughts. And then the next level of that is, oh, I actually get to choose which thoughts I focus on. The trick is it takes some time to get out of that automated. You're, that critter brain is gonna deliver the old, the one that's been there since you were two years old that you have never bothered to re-examine because you didn't know you could. So it's just gonna keep delivering that one going like, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. And we, our thoughts are tricky. They're slippery for us. We are like, oh, but that's me. Oh yeah, that's true. Oh, that's what I think. So I guess I can't have, no, but I want, okay. so. And that's the work. Yeah, that is the yeah. work. Slow down enough to go. Like, choose the one. There's that old. Um, I think it's a Cherokee fable about, you know, the young the young um, child says to the the Cherokee chief grandfather, I'm I I have two wolves inside of me, and one is telling me this, and one is telling me that. Which one is going to win? And the Cherokee grandfather says, the one you feed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. True, true.
1: So it's about learning how to manage the feeding.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, hey, things take time, right? I mean, nothing's nothing's yeah. gonna change um, overnight, that's for sure. Um, so coming back to, and, and I think I'll br- bring us into the close with all of this, you know, um, the, the last couple of years has, I think, been traumatic um, for every single person on the planet, um, no matter what your beliefs are or, or anything like that, uh, what side of the aisle, in air quotes, um, you, you fall on. <laughs> um, but I just yeah. feel that either way, whether you've been affected um, from a health standpoint, from a job loss perspective, from a whatever it is, right? I, I don't think there's anyone in this world at this moment in time that has um, come out unscathed from what is going on and and what continues to happen. And I, I just, um, you know, as a person who works with the mind and nervous system and beliefs and all of that sort of stuff, what I'm seeing going on in the world right now is, is combined with this information overload and, uh, you know, Pro- propaganda and i don't mean that just from one side it's propaganda from all sides oh, you know we everywhere. we are involved in narrative warfare um information warfare whatever you want to call it and yep. um you know as i as i see more people you know we spoke about these belief patterns and how they form right and i just yep. i got to wonder to myself like what is this repetitive messaging doing to us, you know, everything is coming through our senses, whether we're reading it, whether we're listening to the news, whatever that is, right? And now we are being, it's this repetitive messaging over and over and over and over again, and fear, 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 fear. And, you know, what is this doing to our nervous system? What is it doing to our beliefs? You know, how? how, what, I mean, if you had a crystal ball, how would you think this would play out in the long run here?
1: uh If we don't choose to get our hands on it, it will kill us. Hmm. I'm not kidding, I don't mean that I'm not speaking metaphorically, I'm speaking that this level of information deluge, fire hosing. From both sides forcing us requiring us to choose a side and know what's right and know what's wrong and who were the enemy and who That is a recipe for madness
2: Hmm.
1: We're not our nervous systems are not built to Take in this much information. They're not and we're certainly not on this planet to figure out our critter brain wants to figure out who the enemy is. Our cortex, the neocortex and the limbic system, want to know where our tribe is and wants to find our community and embrace that. And if we don't, this planet of you know solitary individuals trying to figure out who's coming after them and who's going to get them and who's going to take their stuff, recipe for early death. I think the level of stress, we know what stress does, you know what stress yeah. does to our, yeah. <laughs> to our bodies, to our physiology. Mm-hmm. Can't survive it. We're going to kill ourselves. We're going to end our lives. If we don't learn how to create that distance, create some space for ourselves, find access to pleasure, find access to ease, find access to joy and there's a whole other range of emotions that we tend to ignore you know we're back in the stress anger frustration loss guilt terrible well there's bliss and exhilaration and pleasure and joy and
0: all the positive stuff that no one ever really wants to talk about, right? We you don't, don't see that on the well, news. Certainly do you? not the news. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it
1: yeah. I, I think it doesn't sell enough uh, newspapers, perhaps.
0: Correct. Yeah. You, you know, um, over the last while, I've I've kind of done this experiment on myself, and um, mm-hmm. long-time listeners will will know what I'm about to say here um, with social <laughs> media, right? So I, I just I pretty much mm-hmm. abandoned social media. Um. Mm-hmm i've been through the ringer with it whether it's getting banned whether it's the whole the whole lot right and um and getting into heated conversations and all that sort of stuff and i said you know it was like it was last summer i just said you know what i'm just tapping out for a bit and and i just it's up there you can go to my facebook page i think the last time i updated (laughs) it was i don't know how long ago um and and what was interesting was you know i i stepped away from that i stepped away from everything i i i Deleted my Twitter account, so you know that was like kind of my news source where it wasn't official yeah. news; it was a little bit of everything. I couldn't deal with that either. And what I said to myself, I said, "I'm going to make a conscious effort to uh, remove these things from my field of vision, not because I want to ignore them, but because I need to create some space to be more present." Yeah. And 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 what that's done for me in my personal life has given me a much greater appreciation. For the things that are immediately around me. You know, I live in a beautiful yeah. town, I've got forests all around me, the weather's getting nice. Mm-hmm. so I took my first forest bike ride a couple of days ago. Um, you know, so my, I have young children. So just yeah. just you know removing myself from that and giving myself the space, um, you know, I'm so much more present with my children, uh, with my family, with my surroundings, with the community. Uh, we're setting up community gardens right now for the summer. Aww. so I'm involved with that. Yeah. And, you know, you only have, we all have the same 24 hours in the day, right? And if you go and check out your screen time app, um, you know, if you're spending 10 hours a day on Twitter and freaking out, maybe that's not the best use of your time, you know. And, perhaps, and, um, perhaps
1: there's a clue. Yeah, yeah. It's like, doctor, this doctor, this hurts. Yeah. <laughs> Stop doing that. Yeah. yeah. So
0: I've, I found that's really been helpful for me. And it's also, um, you know, just from a yeah. mental health perspective, but also from a focus perspective, I find that I'm much better able to focus at work. Um, to accomplish yeah. some of the things that I'm really trying to do um, and and uh, I don't know hopefully for for people listening out there um, that can help you as well if you start doing that sort of stuff um, I feel like there's this shift. I feel like there's a shift and people are starting to kind of unplug from the fear-based Messaging,
1: I, I hope I really hope you're right and I I I think you are you know for my, my two years were that I I really got to watch how Um, how fast I was running before the, you know, when we suddenly had to stop, it was like, it was kind of like getting thrown off of a whirly gig going really fast. Right. It was like, wow, I don't even know what to do with all my energy. And in these two years, I've kind of examined, like, what is it that I would rather not have back in my life? And it was kind of, you know, the break kind of built that in for us. Like, well, you don't have it. So you're giving it up anyway. So what if. What if we're just going to not have that for a while? And this, I re I just hope you're right. I, I, I do see signs of people sort of moving back into the regular tempo and the, Mm -hmm. and the Mm -hmm. automatic and speeding up again. And like traffic starting to get a little, I I live in the Bay area of California, so (laughs) people are starting to move back into that mode again, like get out of my way, I'm in a hurry and I'm important. And you're like, well, and you go new for me is like instead of like using my old new yorker self like yeah i'll get out of your way in a minute i'm like i'm gonna get over elaine yeah come on by i'm in no right you know you go ahead yeah i'm just gonna enjoy the journey so i hope you're right i hope this pause the i hope the upside of this pause is that we have considered what we need and what feels good to us and that we're ready to make a habit make make a life you know, and what you just said about you know being more present with your kids and a community garden and being more involved with your community. This to me is, you know, we've been we've been driven, and this whole social media thing. Like Mark, you know, the the complication is when you have a business that's online and you're trying to market a little bit and use use social media to say, hey, it's you know, I have this thing that I think is valuable, come, and not get involved in the rest yeah, of it. Yeah. And. But I, I also believe that each of us has to decide what success looks like for us. You just talked about your kids and being present and having you know feeling the 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 joy of that and this sort of the satisfaction of being in the forest on your bike and taking time for you. I you know we we got so before the two years you know the pre 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 C we got so we were all so like I got to be successful I got to get to the next thing I got to when I got to get to that. And then when I get there, I'm going to go to the next thing and then I'll be happy. And it was all based on when I get, then I'll be. And right now, I think we're starting to go like, what if I just be happy? Yeah. What if I just be yeah. here and choose happiness now and then live out of that?
0: Well, yeah, not, not be so focused on the destination, right? And actually enjoy the journey. because um, Oh my uh, God. Because
1: yeah. you're never there.
0: Yeah, We, I never. Mean, we, we never. know this. Yeah,
1: We know this, but that we've heard that all our lives like there's no there there but it's there's really no there there this is this is really it this is this is it where you are right now this is what you've got right now
0: yeah well trip I think that's a high note um, to end off on and um it was it was awesome to just hang out with you for a little bit and uh, shoot uh, the breeze it, and find out what you yep. do and um hopefully you know those of you listening out there um you know we're we're really trying to my mission nowadays anyway after a short break here Is just to try and you know I want to shift shift the conversation a little bit and um, you know I've I've laid out laid out the plan. If you go back into the archives, I've delved into some of the dark stuff that we need to acknowledge, we need to face, we need to talk about. But um, I think you know as as we move forward in time, we can't stay so fixated on these problems um, because ultimately you know if if we're being scrambled um, scrambled messaging, information overload, all that sort of stuff. Ultimately, we have to return to source um, and whatever that source is for you, whether it's your higher self, whether it's God, whether it's a creator, universal spirit, whatever that is, um, because a that's really right in the forest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, ju- just that is the truth. Um, if you if you're looking for the truth, right. that is the truth. Um, everything right. else is in is a version of the truth or someone else's truth. And uh, so thank you so much for carving out the time. Um, it was uh, it was fantastic. Thank you so much. And um, where can people? Yeah, where can people find? Um, I'll I'll throw some links in the show notes for you. Um, what mm-hmm. was your website mm-hmm. again? Trip for listeners. It's
1: uh, mindmasteryinstitute.com.
0: Okay, awesome. And uh, yeah, we'll put that in the show notes um, below. I appreciate, um, it, Brett. So uh, yeah, thanks so much. And um, you know, at some point, we'll have you back on in the future. And um, love it. I wish you nothing but the best. And um,
1: back at you. Back at you. All
0: right. Okay. You're thanks so guy. much, Trip. I, lo- I love
1: what you're up to. Thanks, okay. Brett. Awesome. Thanks so much.
0: Thank you.